All right, it's time for Children's Church. If you're going to Children's Church, to my left, see Miss Tiffany standing over here. And to your right, if you'll follow Miss, Miss Tiffany. Those of you who are staying in the sanctuary, turn your Bibles with me to the book of Mark. We'll get to the scripture here in a minute. Mark <clears throat> chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. What's wrong? Huh? Oh, gosh. Mark chapter 9. Last week we looked at what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31 through chapter 11 verse 1 concerning the glory of God. And, and we learned that God does all things to help man understand his glory. God, God doesn't keep us in the dark. Amen church? He does everything he can to help man understand his glory. We, we learned that God even impute his glory into believers that believers would give him the glory that he rightly deserves. We easily came to understand that God is due this glory for all that he has done and continues to do for every man who has ever walked this earth. <clears throat> and that believers must choose, we believers must choose to live uh, our lives giving glory to God that he rightly deserves. We, we learn that as, as believers, Giving glory to God that he deserves is a basic responsibility, and we must exercise this responsibility every single day. So something I want, to, want you to see through, through this church is that there is one who does not want us to give God what he deserves today or any day. There is one who does not want us to give God the glory that he deserves today or any day as a matter of fact this individual does everything that he possibly can to keep us from glorifying god <clears throat> you know who that is satan we were created from the tops of our heads to the tips of our toes every single one of us to glorify god in every single way every single aspect of our lives that's why we were created, to glorify God. Nothing else. Everything else that happens after that is just, you know, gravy and pudding. We were created to glorify God. But Satan doesn't want us to do that. Satan does not want us to be a healthy church. He does not. Satan doesn't want us to be a healthy church. He hates the church and desires to see the church fail <clears throat> and die. Y'all know since March 2020 that church attendance has declined tremendously? Y'all know that, right? And I know we're trying to be safe, but I want you to understand something. Satan loves it. He absolutely loves it. He's thrilled with it. He's glad that believers aren't engaged with the Word of God and, and, and the church of God. He's totally, he loves it. This morning I want you to understand something. There, there seems to be a, a I don't know, a lack of focus in pulpits today. And I've heard many of y'all make the comment, and I'm not going to apologize for what I'm preaching this morning, 
But I want you to understand that I, I don't know why God led me to preach what I'm preaching this morning. People have said that preachers just don't preach on hell anymore. They don't talk about hell anymore. They don't want to scare people uh, about, you know, the, the, the things of hell. But as I prepared my message this past week, I could not get away from the scripture that I'm going to direct y'all to here in a minute. We need to wake up. We need to, to be, have our eyes wide open and understand exactly what's taking place around us. Satan desires for this church to fail. And systematically all over the world, we, the church is allowing the church to fail. So this morning, I, I want you to, to focus on the message that Satan doesn't want you to hear. Satan wants this church to fail. He doesn't want you to hear this message. Satan does not want you to hear another message on hell. Do you know why? Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about why preachers aren't preaching on hell anymore? Because it's the truth. It's the truth. Satan does not want the truth preached in church. And that's why you've seen so many preachers say, look, you know, live your best life. Listen, God, God is, if you'll just you know, get closer to God, God will make everything so wonderful. God's never promised you that life was going to be wonderful, even after accepting Jesus as your personal Savior. As a matter of fact, Scripture says, Old Testament, New Testament, this is a life of sorrows. It really is. This is not our home. This is not where we're meant to be. This is not where we're supposed to be. We should not set up roots here on this earth. And that's what we do. And that's what causes the sorrow. This is not home. But Satan does not want us to hear another message on hell because it's the truth. Another reason that Satan doesn't want us to hear this is he wants us to believe there's no such place. There's, no re there's not really such a, a place called hell. No, I mean, that, that, that's, just, that's just fables, and, and you know, they, they wrote that in to, to scare people and to get them in line and, and to make them be more obedient. No, I mean, Scripture talks about a place, physical place, called hell. But there's another thing Satan doesn't want us to know about hell, or a reason he doesn't want us to know about hell. He wants you to believe your time on earth is the real hell. This is it. All the suffering that you're going to go through, all the pain, the sorrow, the agony, the death, this is the real hell. Well, once you die, it doesn't get any worse than what you experience here. That's what Satan wants you to believe. A lot of people do. But there's something else he wants you to believe. Satan wants you to believe that a loving God would never let people go to a place called hell. And church, I, I've tried to dumb this down. I've tried to put this on a, a second and third grade level. I want you to understand something. The God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament, the God of the intertestimonial period, the God of all time, the God of the universe has never wanted any man to find himself in hell. Never. God loves man and does, has done everything he possibly can to keep man from going to hell. But it's man's choice. It's a man's choice. 
They, they, we each individually, I can't make my choice for Alex. I can't make my choice for Amy. I can't make my choice for Caleb. I have a choice to whether I am going to hell or I'm not going to hell. And thank God I made that decision in January of 1988 or eight, I think it was 89, 18, 1989 when I was 19 years old. That choice was made when I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. Amen? Satan does not want us to hear another message about hell. Church, listen. Satan wants to minimize the realness of hell. It's, Cameron, it's not that bad. You know, it's, not, it's really not that bad. Jimmy, I've heard friends of mine years ago make this comment. If I've got to go to, go to heaven with a bunch of Christians, I'd rather go to hell and party with my friends. Well, I want you to understand something. There's no party in hell. There's no party in hell. As a matter of fact, we're going to see here in a few minutes, you, you, you can't see anything in hell. You can hear things in hell, and you can feel things in hell, and you can smell things in hell. You can experience things in hell, but you can't see anything in hell because of the smoke and the flames. Listen, listen to some of the world. This is, these are messages the world wants you to believe what they believe about hell. These are actual quotes from people in the world, what they believe about hell and what they want you to believe about hell. Abby, listen to this. You're not going to believe this. Listen to this. The concept of hell and everlasting punishment has no place in the Bible. That's actually been said. Listen to me. Deny hell if you want to, but the place called hell is taught over and over and over and over again in Scripture. Here's another one. How can you say that, a burning, that burning someone alive is just and fair punishment for anyone who has not accepted Christ? I didn't. The Bible said it. How can you say that's a just punishment? I can't. I didn't. I didn't say it. But the Bible says it. Burning them alive over and over and over again. I didn't say that. The Bible says it. All I know is I'm in agreement with it because it's the Word of God, and I don't want to experience that. And I don't want to experience it enough that I've made a decision to accept Christ as my personal Savior. Listen, I've got to get out of hell free pass, but it's more than just a get out of hell free pass. I don't want to go there. I don't want to experience this. I don't want any part of it. Shape, form, or fashion. Here's something else that the world says. Infinite punishment for a finite crimes just don't seem to be just. Listen to that again. Infinite punishment for finite crimes just don't seem to be just. According to who? According to who? Man? Well, I guess so. Right? 
Because we see people in our lives and in our, our people friend groups who have lived like hell and who have died. I've been actually asked, they asked me to do this at a funeral. We know you're going to preach him into heaven. That's not possible. That's not possible. The decision that you make right now determines your eternity. I can't do anything. The Mormon church believes that they can go back in the genealogical records. That's why they want your records. And, and, and they can, you, you can bring somebody's name forward and they can baptize you into the Mormon church and get you out of hell and into heaven. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. Oh, Brother Kyle, you're, you're, you're basing your, your beliefs on your opinions. No, I'm not. I'm basing my beliefs on what the Word of God says. Listen, God doesn't care what I believe, what my opinion is. I either stand with the Word of God or I'm standing on my own. L listen to that again. Inf infinite punishment for finite crimes just does not seem just. That's God's law. That's not mine. It doesn't matter whether I feel like it's just or not. Brother Frank, that's God's, that's God's law. That's not my law. So what you're saying is you don't think that God's law is just. Well, you're in trouble because God is just. God is love. God is mercy. He's done everything he possibly can to keep you from this place called hell. He does not want you there. But if you wind up there, that is your choice, not his. And he's such a loving God and such a gentleman, he's going to allow you to do what you've chosen to do. But there's one last thing the world says about hell. Listen to this. This one's crazy, Bill. You ready for this one? If the wages of sin is eternal punishment in hell, then Jesus would have to be eternally punished if he died for my sins. No, no, listen, listen church. Jesus paid the price so we don't have to burn. Jesus paid that price. It's paid. All you have to do is come to him and accept him, and it's a free gift. You have to do nothing but accept his free gift. That's it. That's it. Listen to what pastors and evangelists and scholars have said about hell in times past. Y'all ready for this? The most prominent. Everybody knows Billy. Billy Graham. This is what Billy Graham said years ago. He said, if I had my life to live over again, I would preach more on hell. If I could do it all over again, knowing what I know now, Miss Andrea, he said, I would preach more about hell than I did. And Billy Graham preached a lot about hell, y'all. He said, I'd double it, triple it. I'd want people to know. John R. Rice, scholar, Bible scholar, says this, if hell is not real, then Jesus is a liar. Let that sink in. He said, if hell is not real, Jesus Christ is a liar. And that's fact. Because Jesus preached more about hell than he did about heaven. Here's another one. One of my favorites. If y'all don't know him, get on YouTube and listen to him every chance you get. 
Adrian Rogers said this, If hell is not real, neither is heaven. Reagan, think about that. If hell is not real, neither is heaven. Last one from an unknown author. This is what he said. If hell is not real and everyone eventually goes to heaven, we might as well close the doors of the churches today. What's the use? Th think about that. Cynthia, think about that. If hell is not real and everybody eventually just goes to heaven anyway, what's the point of this? Why the struggle in the book of Acts for the church to grow? Why did God put man through everything that he did to grow the church today? Why? If heaven, everybody goes to heaven eventually, and nobody goes to hell. What does Jesus say about hell? Now, understand something. There, there are certain preachers who will tell you that they believe that, that, that hell is just a figurative place. It's not a, a literal place. Desi, you know what I call those people? Nut jobs. Crazy. It doesn't matter what I say about hell. You ain't got to listen. You can close your, you can stick your ears, and you can hum kumbaya for the rest of the service. It doesn't matter what I believe. But listen to me. You better listen to what Jesus says about hell. You, you can count on it. You can take it to the bank. You can cash that check because Jesus is Jesus. And if what he says about anything, he, he's the ultimate authority. Amen? So what is it that Jesus says about this place called hell. Look at Mark chapter 9. We're going to start reading in verse 41. And this is read. Who, who's, reading, who's, who's saying this? Jesus. That's right. Jesus. And Jesus said, And whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because of my name, since you belong to the Messiah, I assure you he will never lose his reward. That's where I want to be, church. Amen? Uh, that's where I want to be. I want to stop right here. I don't even want to look any further, but we have to. L listen to what Jesus continues on. He says, But whoever causes the downfall of one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for him if a heavy millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes your downfall, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed, enter into eternity maimed, than to have two hands and go to hell, the unquenchable fire where, the worm, where, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot causes you to downfall, cut it off. It is better for you to, to enter life maimed than to have two feet to be thrown into hell the unquenchable fire where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. 
And if your eye causes your downfall, gouge it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell where the worm dies, where, where their worm does not die and their fire is not and the fire is not quenched. For anyone, for everyone, will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt should lose its flavor, how can you make it salty? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with one another. Let's pray. Father, as we continue in this message, Lord, we pray that you'd bless the reading of your word. You'd open our eyes during the time that we have, the short time left. Help us, Lord, to see the severity of what's taking place in our scripture. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, amen. Now, I don't have much more. I've given you the meat of the message, but what I've got to give you is important, so you need to pay attention. What is it that we need to understand about the things we need to know about this place called hell? Well, number one, Jesus is telling us that hell is a real place. Jesus is telling us that this is a real place. A place, listen, a place that no man wants to go. No man wants to go. And yet I have, I have heard people. I have seen people. I, I, listen, I'll never forget. I'll never forget in all my life. And it, sh it shook me shortly after I became a Christian. There was a, a, a person that Amy and I knew that, that died. And, and some of our friends went to the funeral. And they got a bottle of Jim Beam. And they took it to the graveside and they poured some over the grave and left the, the, the rest of the bottle on the, on the back of the headstone because they wanted our, this person that we knew to have one last drink and one more party with all our friends before he went to heaven. Does that even sound, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? It really does. Where this person went, according to Scripture, if he didn't accept Christ as a personal Savior, that whiskey ain't going to help him anymore. As a matter of fact, it don't really help you while you're here on this earth, people. Jesus is telling us that this place called hell is real, and nobody wants to go. Church, three times, three times Jesus makes a statement. He says, where the worm dieth not and the fire is never quenched. This is a warning. Do you understand that Jesus is writing this scripture to us? And it's a warning to every person who will ever step foot on this earth that he is the Lord God Almighty. And he says, listen, I want to warn you. That's how much he loves us is he doesn't want us in the dark. He doesn't want our loved ones in the dark. He wants us to be able to tell people, listen, uh, you, you need to be warned. And if you don't want to believe me, listen, I, I want you to go to, to, to Mark chapter 9 and, and verses 41 through 50 and, and read it for yourself because Jesus wanted to warn you. He, he loved you that much. Well, what do we see? How does he warn us? How, how does he try to wake us up? Jesus makes things personal. Did y'all see this? L look at the end of verse 44. It says, their worm. Did y'all see that? L look at, at the end of verse 
four, or, or in verse 46, it says, There, T-H-E-I-R, their worm. Look, look at the beginning of verse 48. There it is again. T-H-E-I-R, their worm. Their worm. Jesus makes things personal. Listen, their worm, the Greek word for, for the word is skolex, meaning flesh-eating worm. That's in hell. A flesh-eating worm. Y'all know what we could probably relate that to here on the earth? Y'all know? Back years ago, when I used to, to jog and run, it was inevitable when you would run down, especially Bush Road, when I would run down Bush Road, you'd find a dead animal laying in the ditch on one side or the other. You could smell it before you got there. But if it was right on the edge of the road, as you're running up, you, you could see, even you know, you, you, you're, Ricky, you're you know, coming closer and closer. You know the animal's dead. But if you, if you look at the animal, the animal's moving. And that's nasty. Abigail, the animal is moving. It's dead, but it's moving. Especially after it's been there for two or three days. It's moving. And if you, if you stop and you look close, there, there's usually an, an open cavity somewhere where the animal has died, and that's where the flies have gotten to it, laid their eggs, and maggots are all over this, this, this body. And it's moving. It's under the skin, and it's moving. And it's eating the flesh of the dead animal. But this is the, this is the thing, y'all. This is the thing. When we die... And it says their worm, our personal worm, we have our own personal worms. Right now, there, there's, there's two dogs at my house. They're my dogs. But when I, if you die and go to hell, you get your own personal worms. Anybody want to sign up for that? But here's the kicker. Listen to me. Here's the kicker. These worms do not die. And... They constantly eat your flesh. Your flesh will grow back and they'll keep eating it. Brother Kyle, have you ever been eaten or, or uh, bitten by an animal? Yeah, I've had an animal bite me. I've never been eaten internally by, uh, by worms. I don't know what that's like. I don't want to sign up for that. Anybody want to sign up for that? I really don't. They have their own personal worms. But our scripture says that everyone will be seasoned with fire. Look at verse 49. Verse 49 says, For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt should lose its flavor, how can you make it salty? Understand this. Your body in hell burns up i don't know what's going on church listen but I, I don't see anything funny about this when 
When you're in hell and your body is salted with fire, what that means is your body continually burns. It's wave after wave after wave of fire that consumes your body, consumes your flesh, and then it regenerates and it does it again. You're salted with fire. I don't want to sign up for that either. Does anybody want to sign up for that? But our scripture tells us this. It says, the word hell is translated from the word Gehenna. Gehenna, Old Testament and New Testament as well. Gehenna. What that is, is piles of human waste. In hell, piles of human waste. The only way that we can visualize or give an accurate illustration is concentration camps during World War II. Jewish concentration camps, we've all seen the pictures. Do you know that there's people who have seen those pictures and still deny that it actually took place? Millions of people piled upon each other. This is what Gehenna talks about. High piles of human waste, the smells of rot and decay, emissions of lethal and flammable gases. I don't know about you, but this would be enough for me. I would choose heaven right now with the information that I've just read. But church, I want you to understand something else. You'll have companions in hell as well. We talked about the physical things that are in hell, but you'll have companions in hell as well. You see, Scripture says in 2 Peter that fallen angels and demons are in hell. I've had enough of them here on this earth. I don't want to spend eternity with them in hell. Do you? I really don't. But, but, but Scripture tells us there's murderers in hell. Does, does anybody want to go? Hell is full of murders, murderers. It says that hell is full of pharmacia, drug-induced people. It's full of pedophiles full of sexual deviance. It's not a place where any man wants to go. Let me ask you a question. Why would anyone choose a place called hell that Jesus has warned us over and over and over and over again not to go? Why? Why would anybody choose this? Why would, why would the believer not warn others about this place called hell? Why would people who say they are saved by the blood of Jesus live in this world in such a way that just barely gets them out of this place called hell? Can I tell you a fun fact? We as believers are either leading people closer to Jesus or closer to hell. Isn't that a fun fact? We have got to start taking our walk seriously for the Lord. 
your lives and the lives of your children and grandchildren could be determined by, by, the, Jesus, by, by the Jesus they say they see in you. Do you know my Jesus? He's warned us because he loves us. Let's all stand, heads bowed and eyes closed. Father in heaven, Lord, we pray that you would be with us during this time of invitation. And if there's somebody who is in this congregation, Lord, who has never accepted you, I pray that today, today, right now will be the day that they accept you as their personal Savior. God, if there's somebody watching online that you're touching right now, that, that you're, you're just, the Holy Spirit is just touching their heart, God, I pray that they would let us know that they want to accept Jesus right now as their personal Savior. But Lord, I pray that you would move in a way that only you can move right now. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come?